Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to Club Deck Corner here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. I wonder what we'll talk about tonight. I am your host, Scott Carney, and joining me is Alistair Pearson. Ali, how are you? Very well. Happy Valentine's to all our listeners, Carney, out there. <laughs> of course, you could have gave his house today. I had that many cards at the front door. Can you open the door? So that's why he's no. been staying in today. But um, no, good to be here and discuss more Rangers news. More Rangers news indeed. Scotia, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, guys. Not too bad. Um, that's Valentine's Day, although unfortunately this day gets remembered for, for other reasons, unfortunately. And yeah, very true, Scotia. Maybe, <laughs> maybe start as we were meaning to go on with the pod, but the anniversary going into administration, what, 11 years ago now? So um, yeah. uh, I don't look forward to this day coming around every year. No, no. Um... Near the heart, to be fair. I say when you when you think of eleven year ago, man, that seems like an absolute lifetime ago. It really does, considering everything that we've been through. Um, so I know you're spot on there, Scotia. And how romantic am I recording a podcast on Valentine's night? So yes, uh, so right, she got flowers, and I just made the dinner before we started recording. So I think I'm alright. I think I'm alright. Um, yeah, Ryan's not with us. Obviously, it's Valentine's night, and his Tinder goes off the chain when it's Valentine's night. So he will not be with us tonight. Uh, but not a shortage of Ranger stuff to discuss before we get started. Um, if you would like to join the channel, you can do so for as little as ninety nine p. And you can also buy the podcast a coffee or join the Coffee Buying Legend membership all via buymeacoffee.com. All the links for that are in the description for this podcast. And as always, please do like the video if you enjoy what you're watching uh, or listening to even. And uh, maybe not watching. No, it's three. Probably not watching. Ryan is the face. So maybe not watching, but listening to the conversation. Uh, and if you can subscribe to the channel, that would be magic. Right, gents. I know it's been done to death already. We had a brief discussion, me and Alistair, about it after the game on Sunday, but obviously it was all a bit still up in the air. It was immediately after the game. Hadn't really heard if we hadn't heard any reaction from it, um, from the manager. Uh, but we will start with the, the Partick Thistle game. Um as you say, I know it's been done, but we haven't had a chance to ever sit down a conversation and let camera heads prevail and see where the dust lies after we got the reasoning behind a pretty manic game, that is for sure. But yeah, um, Scotia, no doubt um, about it. Like I'll get it out of the way. We are through the next round. Yes, it's all that matters. It's the cup. Uh, but in terms of the first half, mate, it was a shocker of a first half up there with probably one of the worst that we've seen. Now that I've watched the back as well, Rangers were terrible. We really were. Just not brave on the ball at all, making very little impact with the amount of possession that we had especially for the first half hour or so um, within that game Rangers did literally nothing finished the half without a without a shot on target um, obviously before we come on to the second half Scotia what was your thoughts in the first half and what, what are your thoughts on why we were so bad yeah, I mean, it was not a very good first half at all I was you know, going along to the game looking forward to it you know, you're getting there getting ready sit down and watch it, thinking, right, you're playing part of this, so they're a division below us, bringing a decent-sized crowd to the game, expecting us to go out and show stuff, and yeah, like you say, in that first half, we didn't. 
Is it down to, I mean, Beal came out in the, the presser before the match saying, well, there won't be too many changes. And there was a raft of changes. There was more, I think, not dissimilar amount of changes that I had to my team. but Seven me, changes think, you made? Uh, seven. Yeah, seven changes. But I think for me, the changes that he did make were the, the wrong changes. There was, if you look at the our front, our front four attacking players, only one out of them's really played a lot of football recently. Both of them, obviously, Hadji just coming back for injury. Cantwell's not played an awful lot. And Cholak just getting back from injury as well. They've only got really the Tillman there that had played a vast amount of football recently. Um, yeah, so I think he'd maybe get the changes wrong. The defence was a wee bit weird. I thought maybe this was a game that you would see Devine come in, probably for Tav. But if not, if not for Tav, you can play him in the left-back spot with Barisic. I did not see Sands. <laughs> coming into the team, particularly we're told that you know that's Beal said a few times that that's not his his position. I want he, he wants to see more of him in midfield, but he gets put in in the centre half. But no, the first half was it was really poor, and you could see Thistle kind of had the wind up their tail straight away with the crowd that they obviously brought. And yeah, they made a game of it, which um, fair play to them because we didn't make a game of it really, did we? No, not in the first half at all, Ali. Um, I think the bit that the bit that kind of frustrated me we started well we did but then I, qu- I did realise while watching the game I was like we're not actually doing anything here though like we're not putting the keeper under any sort of pressure any way shape or form and it looked like Rangers were almost shocked that Patrick Thistle thought well this is a cup game we could we could maybe pull something off here uh, and they were right up for it and it, they kind of grew into the half and Rangers let them bizarre it really is bizarre that this the, this what we're seeing, it's like I, I, I hate saying it's like a continuous thing. It's not. It's it's happening quite a lot just now um, under Bills and Spills took over that we just see a kind of nothing performance. It's okay that we can dominate all the possession, but if you're not doing anything with it, it's kind of what's the point? And all. What's your thoughts, mate? Was it a, a just a case of over rotation and not having any pace? Yeah, the the pace was the thing I clocked instantly. That that team you've got Hadji there. I felt sorry for Hadji. He's a Boy, that's yeah. not played in over a year now. He, was, he wasn't good. I know he wasn't good. Looked like a fish out. Looked like I never played football before, had you? But you can't blame him. So he's not no. played for over a year. Um, yeah, they looked like they just thought they could just turn up Rangers and they would win that game, which isn't the case. Part of this will brought 2,600 fans to Ibrox, biggest away support like that, yeah. we've probably had Ibrox this season. I don't know. Um, fair play, it was a cup final for them. They were up for it. Like you say, we weren't up for it. Over rotation of players too. There was, it didn't work for me. The players, I think we had described it. Carney's throwing paint at a wall and see if it will stick. It was kind of like that. Quite a bizarre one. Scotia said the one with Sands. Bizarre. When especially yeah. when he's come out as Scotia says, saying we don't want to play him at centre half. I want to see him in the park. And you've got the young boy King there. Why is he not playing over Sands at centre half and Divine as well? So bizarre. But hopefully Bill learns from it. We well, you'll come on to who we draw in the next round of the cup. But it's a similar type team. So yeah, they just can't show up, Rangers, and just expect to to roll over these teams because it's 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 disappointing again because once again we've went to Ibrox can't expecting a performance in a show. And we've walked away and it's it was a show in the wrong way. But um the performance wasn't there again. And nah, I can't think was... of a time at Ibrox that I've walked away. I think I fought for Aberdeen months and months ago that I thought, no, that, that mm. was decent. And um, it's another game at Ibrox where we've walked away and went, it's not good enough. But they have uh, one. Yeah. And ultimately, that's the, the, the aim, though. They have one. That's what I mean. I'm not taking anything away. And before we get the usual, you're being too negative comments that we will inevitably get. Um, we are still winning games. I do understand that. Like, I, I, I'm all for it. But... I, it's Partick Thistle at the end of the day and the level of the calibre of player that we have in that starting 11, seven changes or not, is more than enough to be putting a few past Partick Thistle. That's my argument. Um, I do think the selection was wrong, especially not even like, even a player that Scott Wright should have played to have pace in order to, when we do get the chance to break on Partick Thistle, that we needed somebody to do it. There was a number of times in that first half we had the chance to break. And Cantwell, I think Cantwell ran into a brick wall. He'd nowhere to go. I think it happened to Tillman at one point. And I can't remember. No, it was Cholak. It was happened to, to Cholak as well. The guy's got nowhere to go. Um, so, no, I just think the selection was wrong. And obviously, we go down one, we go in 1-0 down um, due to a, um, a penalty. 
quickly on the penalty alley. If it got, generally, if it happened against Rangers and we didn't get it, I'd be like, oh, it would have been quite soft. The rules of this handball are just bonkers because it's open to perception for referees. It's a very soft penalty. It's never a penalty. What's Cholak meant to do? He's in, he's in one leg at this point as well. He needs yeah. to use his arms, his, his, his balance, and his, his, back to, his, his back's towards the, the ball. So never a penalty for me. Again, is it the rule? I don't know. I think it was... It is uh, the rule. Al- it is, yeah, well, it well, is well, the, rule. the rule. As far as, the rule, as, far as I know, to, it's the rule. Well, the rule needs to... We've talked about this handball all the time, and it needs to be looked at. Alan Hutton and I think it was Marvin Bartley, I think, were on the, the kind of co-commentaries, and they said never a penalty. It was extremely soft. The referee goes over it. As soon as he goes over that telly, I'm yeah. convinced he's given it. But it's one of these dodgy ones again, but like you say, it's the rule that needs to be looked at. Yeah, Scotia, I think the, the annoying thing about this is you do you do see these penalties, these type of incidents resulting in penalties with far, but you also see them not happening with far, and I think that's where the biggest frustration for it all comes. If it was the same across the board, fair enough, but it's just a, it's just such a soft penalty and I can't get away from it. Yeah, I was, it's one of these, it's because the rule gets changed that often that you don't really know where you stand, what is a penalty and what isn't a penalty. I think right now, right in the here and now, that yes, it is a penalty, but I agree with Ali that it probably shouldn't be a penalty because mm-hmm. what can you really expect to like to do? But we've had issues around handballs like this for years and years. I mean, it was only, what was it, last weekend? That, was it Villa that were playing? The boy it hit the boy in the, when he was pushing himself off the ground, didn't yeah. given as a penalty. But it, that reminded me of the time I think it was St. Mirren we were playing, and we got a penalty awarded for something very similar where someone was trying to push themselves off the ground and it hit I think hand. that was immediate. I penalty. think it was King, I think it was King. Was it King? I remember that. I remember that happening. Oh, there was one, was there was one year, years ago. There was, I'm thinking about one that was maybe about when Warburton was in, potentially, or me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's David Bates? All the time. It might, might have been around about that time. Might have been Bates, yeah. But um, you but, see that it happens all the time, and it changes all the time, and you don't know where you stand. And I, it's one of these ones, you see it back in the replay, yes, it probably is a penalty by the letter of the law, but I do think they need to be looking at, should that really be a penalty? Because, like Ali says, what can like do there? He's, he doesn't even know where the ball's coming, coming at, and it hits him, so... Yeah, that's what it is at the minute, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I get the whole argument of if the ball hits the hand at any point, it should be a penalty, but the, that won't stop players then kicking the ball into players' hands in order to get a penalty. Do you know what I mean? So it's one, it's your kind of catch twenty two, but it definitely needs reviewed. Something because it's it's not it's not right. It's the that's probably the bigger talking point of it always the fact that the handball rule really does need need reviewed. Um, we'll go into the second half and yeah, w- before we, um, obviously Raskin does really well, we spoke about that to get the ball to Trolak uh, in order for us to equalise. Um, Tav misses a penalty, I'll come back to that because um, we'll speak about James Tavernier later on and then the, just this, the, the what this game will be remembered for. Now, I know everybody knows, but Tillman goes down, um, he is fouled, he's definitely fouled and then he's tramped on um, on the top of that He's stamped on his ankle. We now know in the aftermath of it that Tillman doesn't see Cholak putting the ball out. Motherwell then take the throw in to throw back to their centre half, who is going to... Did I say Motherwell there? Partick Thistle? Did I say Motherwell? I don't know. Partick, I knew I'd say Charles. I was like, I said Motherwell there. I know, for God's sake. Um, Partick Thistle then take the uh, throw in to their centre half. Let's not be coy about this. He takes the absolute piss. He decides that he's going to try and time waste before he kicks the ball back. Tillman's unaware that that he's about to kick it back. And it does, I mean, it doesn't 100% look like he's going to. And he miscontrols it and taps it in front of him. So Tillman pounces on it and, as I say, runs, skins a bit to him, skins a keeper and puts it in and then is assaulted near enough for scoring the goal. He must have been so confused at that point. Obviously, see now that you know now, he must have been like, what has just happened? <laughs> Why am I getting attacked here? Uh, but obviously, chaos then just surrounds the whole ground. Michael Beale makes a decision based on what he's what he said afterwards and he spoke with Tillman that he didn't understand what was going on to then let 
Partick Thistle run up the pitch and score a goal. Um, obviously, we're a wee bit of shithousery from Alan McGregor. Now, again, this is a difficult one for me because, see, at the time when it happened, I was livid. I mean, livid that we'd let them run up the park and do this because for Tillman, I just thought, You've you've had a sore one there. You've had a sore one. And there's no big coy about it. The boy should have been sent off. He stamps on his leg. He knows exactly what he's doing. Even every angle that you see it from, he knows exactly what he's doing there. He stamps on his ankle. That's a red card for what he's doing. Um, I, so even before I'd seen that, how much of a stamp it was or seen it back, I thought, Tillman's just decided, nah, you're not kicking me about anymore. I'm, I'm just going to take this ball and I'm going to run and score. So I loved it. I generally loved it at the time. Um, the given the goal back, I did not enjoy. Um, I, I really didn't. Um, now, Ali, the, the, there's camps again within the Rangers support, um, which you'll not be shocked to hear. I don't know how I feel about this. I honestly don't know how I feel about this, about how how it all happened. At the time, I wanted nothing more than Alan McGregor to boot that ball so far into the stand or just give them a corner or something like that and we'll just start from there. Obviously now camera heads have prevailed, mate. How do you feel after knowing everything around the backstory of it? Because as I say, mate, right now I'm still I'm still unsure how I feel about it all. Oh, sitting on the fence a wee bit. At the time mm-hmm. I was raging, Carney. Scotia was down beside me, I was raging at Bill. I was like, what the hell is he doing? Um, especially when the game was going, it was dodgy. It was I tell you what, see he was brave to do that, by the way. That could have bit him seriously in the arse. Yeah. Um, we could be talking about a completely different thing right here if that game goes to penalties and you never know what happens to the lottery, but it didn't. At the time I was raging, when I look back at it, yeah, I, I, Tillman doesn't know what's going on. I do think the party at Thistle Boy is going to kick it back to us. I do. He makes a complete arse set with a first touch. Tillman takes it off him and then, like you say, puts it ball in the ball and he's assaulted by about three of them. The stamp, <laughs> how that's not brought up with R, I don't know. Because I thought yeah. that was a red looking back at that. But for Beale to do it, folks say, aye, it's good sportsmanship and that. There's, there's, there's a, two camps, like you say, Carney, and the camp saying, well, Rangers are built on, we should be doing sportsmanship like that. And other camps saying, well, no other team would do that against us. <laughs> it's because we're probably the most hated teams. I'll bring you back to when we played Celtic last season, the Phil Hollander goal. Robin mm-hmm. McCrory kicks the ball out for um, Balogun because he went down with cramp. cramp what did they right. do? What did they Did they give the ball back? No, they didn't. They went up, no. got a corner kick, and Christ, nearly scored from it. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because I understand why he did it, Bill, but I still at the same time think well, we're, we're too nice at times. And it, it, we are too nice. There's not enough shithouse in this Rangers team. But, um, Apart from Alan McGregor. Apart from Alan McGregor. It, it reminds me, I said it on the post-match card, it reminds me of a game, I'm sure it was Aston Villa were involved in the Championship in England, and a very similar thing happened, and they were told to let the team run in, and I'm yeah, sure remember. it was the Villa defender. We did on Alan McGregor, and was like, I'm not letting him score, and then eventually he didn't have to let him score, because his manager said. But it was bizarre. Never seen anything like that, I brought my life. Probably never all again, but it was um, bizarre, but I'm on the fence with it. Yeah, I mean, but as I say, it's so. Would well, so they done it against Celtic? That's what I mean. And that's a lot of people you, are saying. That's why I'm sitting going, I, 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 I half agree with the decision to let them do it, but I'm also going well. Yeah, the no team would have done that for us. Do you know what I mean? No team would have let us run up the park and score, especially in a Scottish Cup game. There's just no chance that's going to happen. Now, Scotia, I, I understand why Beals came out and he's he's fully defended Tillman. I do get that. I think that that what he's decided to do in the way that he's done that, I th- I respect him for that because he's he's taking the heat for him there, and it's not Tillman's fault. I do believe that Tillman had no idea. I, I believe that he had no clue what was going on. He's not that type of player. He's not going to do that, in my opinion, for what we've known of him. He's not going to do that. But where do you sit, mate? Did we do the right thing? Did we not? Oh, there's an awful lot to unpack here, and I'm glad that I wasn't on the, on the reaction because I was not a happy chappy <laughs> for a, for a very long period after that game, and I'm only just 
it's kind of coming back down to earth. But no, I kind of agree with what yourself and Ali have been saying there. Tillman, for me, had every right to do what he done because no one had told him. I mean, he was still on the ground. He just got up off the ground by the time he took the, took the throw in. Um, so he didn't really know what was happening. So you can't really fault Tillman for that. He does brilliantly, very composed, really well. And it's that bit of dig that you were talking about that you want to see in your team to do something like that. Like, you know, even if it was another player that hadn't seen that happen, would they have been like Tillman was? Maybe not, because he did certainly come onto a game in that um, that second half. He was tremendous, I thought, periods. So Definitely. Very happy for Tillman to do that. Like Ali says, he has no idea what's going on when all the defenders come round about him. He's just like, what do you mean? And I think it ended up <laughs> taking Barisic. About five minutes later, he's walking away with Barisic, and I think it takes Barisic to tell him what's kind of went on, what's went on. And it's, it's one of these things, this giving the ball back to the opposition when they kick it out when your player's out injured. See if that had been the same game, but if that had been happened in the 85th minute and Partick Thistle are looking for an equaliser or a winner, Partick Thistle probably wouldn't have given the ball back to us at that point because you see it happening. I mean, I've seen us do it as well when it's at that stage of a game. You don't, you just carry on and try and go up and score. So the big conversation that you have around what's the right thing to do in that respect um, and then for Beal to do what he done at the time, I was, yeah, as I say, I was not happy with what Beal was doing when I was in the stadium. Not happy coming out the stadium. And it's one of these ones that I'm, I'm okay with it now. I understand why he's done it. And yes, grieve what he's done. But I'm not going to lie, I'm being a hypocrite. It's because we've won. If we'd drawn that game and it went to extra time, I would have still been raging at Beal. So because the results went in our favour, then I'm, I'm okay with it. Because like Ali had said there, it's like, you want to show you they've got these standards and things like this. So it was a really nice touch by Beal. Like you say, it does kind of take an awful lot of heat off of Tillman. Because I think he was, certainly at the very start, I think the Partick Thistle players, once they had understood what went on as well, they kind of, camera heads prevailed from them after the kind of things would get explained to them. Um, but it's just in the heat of the moment. That was mental. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> I was given Beal Pelters from up in the club deck, like like many other people were at that point, because it could have come back and bit his nerves. I was exactly the same, mate. Honestly, I was. I was. I was not happy at all that we'd let them run up the Parton score. I was. I was furious about it. Um, and as I say, I do understand the reason that we've done it. I get that there is standards of the club. I do understand that, but there's still just a bit of me there in my head that I'm going. Nobody else would have done that for us. The only way I can see round that sort of thing ever happening again. And look, see, to be honest, see the whole rule of. We were up on their right-hand side there with Cholak. We kick it out. Then we have to get the ball back to our keeper. The easiest thing to do in that situation was for their defence to line up the way they were going to line up or even more organised than the way they were and fling the ball straight to wherever Cholak was standing or roughly where Cholak was standing to a Rangers player. There's, that's the only way that I can see it. Instead of this faffing about, the defender makes an arse of what he's trying to do in the first place uh, before kicking it back, and yeah, it kind of takes us out of the equation. But I don't, I don't agree with people saying that Michael Beale was weak because I don't believe he is weak. That's a very brave decision, in my opinion, to do that because that could have tarnished his whole Rangers managerial career if things hadn't went the way that they have and we've won the game. So I, I think he was brave to do so, but I can still understand the 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 argument of maybe we don't show for a one for a better word enough shithousery. We don't we don't do that. We're not we don't have enough of it running throughout our team. Sometimes we are too nice. Uh, in this situation, it might have been the wrong time to show that we're being less nice than we have been, but. Ah, it's just one of those ones that I still, as even after a few days, I'm still going, I actually don't know if I agree with that or I disagree with that. It's a very strange one. Um, very, very strange one. Ali, again, without being too negative here about all this, do you think this, though, as a whole, maybe glosses over the fact that just how poor Rangers were because we're not really hearing much about it. The whole story of the game's been about it's been about that incident in itself. So, in a, in a way, Beals maybe thought, well, <laughs> I can get away with this here and we'll not have to talk about how poor we were, especially in that first half. Look, Rangers were much better in the second half before I go any further. Tillman especially, he was, out. I mean, literally outstanding. So, of the moves of the boy was incredible. Um, so, yeah, do you think this is distracting a wee bit? But see if we're going to have games like this, 
Oh, what I'm getting at is, are we waiting for things to go wrong before we start playing football? I don't know. The, the talk's all about that incident, and it will be. So I will gloss over what was a poor performance. End of the day, we, we won the game, we're through the next round. Yeah, we're talk, through. So that's, that's all it comes yeah, to. Rangers do that every round up to the final and win it that way. I'll be, I'll be delighted if they do it like that, but... Again, it's another performance I've not put in. I thought Ryan Kent made a difference the second half when he came on. Yeah. You could, you could see the difference when he came I kept saying it to Scotia through the second half. Scotia was sick of me talking about it. I kept saying, Scott Wright's got to come on. It's a game for Scott Wright to come on. We lacked it on the other side. Tillman was brilliant, I thought, too. Deserved a goal at the end when he skinned about the whole of the path. This whole team twice nearly scored. But brilliant. Aye. It was um, It's just another... Another poor game. After that Hearts game as well, I know we shuffled the pack with that team, but after the Hearts game, we all looked and went, right, this is the standards. They've just morphed back to the the same old, what, what it's been like recently. So, yeah, it's just another game at Ibrox. It wasn't great, but he's won another game. What's his record? 12 wins in 13 or something? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's very good. Record. Very, very what good. Must, what yeah. must look at us up here and go, he's won 12 out of 13 and you're moaning about it. But that's that's the West of Scotland for you. And uh, Scotia, Glasgow. Yes, I suppose I think it's more the level of opposition. I think that not concerns me, but I I fully expect Rangers to comfortably beat Partick Thistle. And it's no disrespect to them, it isn't, but we should have we should have done better than what, what we done. Uh, however, the moving on to positives again so people don't go flaily in the comments and say we're being too negative. Tillman and uh, Raskin as well, both in that second half, were absolutely tremendous. Yeah, I mean, Ali's kind of mentioned Tillman there, so I won't speak about him too much, but Raskin, yeah, it was different, different class in that second half as well. And he wasn't helped, let's say, put it this way, he wasn't helped with Kamara, who I thought was really poor again, playing it alongside was. him. He's kind of, you know, he, he wasn't great. So Raskin almost having to do the job of two people there, and I thought it was really intelligent getting right into the box in decent areas. The ball that he put in across for Cholak to um, score the, the, the first goal was really good. And yeah, he's just, since he's come in that wee cameo, we'd seen him the previous game and then this. No, I'm quite happy we're asking. And I'd really like to see him and Jack. Like, I was hoping for him, him and Jack to start that game at the weekend there. But I think that could be, they could look pretty decent together. Or even him and, and Lundstrom, but, you know, we've spoken about Lundstrom often enough this season that he's maybe not quite up there. But Raskin was... Really intelligent for me as well. And, you know, Tillman in that second half, like Ali says, he just took it to another level. And when the ball went in, the whole stadium was singing that wee song about him, you know. Um, and, yeah, I, I really I was pleased that he'd scored it there, <laughs> even under the circumstances it was, because he, he did deserve a goal, I thought. Because, yeah, he's just... I I would give them, give them the money, as we've been saying, but give them the money for um, Tillman right now, because he's, he's grown into a really, really important player for us. Yeah, I just think he's hitting levels just now. I really do. I think he's just hitting different levels under Bill, and I, I think you can just see him growing literally game by game. He's a he's a tremendous footballer with an incredible um, incredible prospect as well. Uh, I think the future looks very bright for him if he continues to go this way. Um, I said to you, lads, as we left the stadium. Obviously, we leave the stadium together, and I said to you. We're going to need to have a conversation about a man very soon, uh, and that man is James Tavernier. Um, now, before we start, I am a James Tavernier fanboy. I I do believe that James Tavernier is a future Hall of Famer for his service he's gave to the club, for his stats alone. Um, his stats are incredible for a right-back, and he was the captain for arguably the most important league title that we have ever won when we won 55. So I think he is a future Hall of Famer. Um but Ali, I'll come to you first. What the James Tavernier we have seen this season is far away from the James Tavernier that we've known to to come used to and for some to love. James Tavernier will always split opinion about whether he should be the captain or not. But he's there is just no doubt in my mind, mate, that something is wrong there, whether it's fatigue, whether it's mental fatigue, whether it's physical fatigue, I don't know whether it's just the worst run of form he's ever had in his career, I don't know what's baffling but I think the only reason right now he's remaining in the team and I can't believe I'm saying this, is because he is the captain 
Yeah, if, well, if he wasn't the captain, I think he'd be dropping now. He's in the same camp as Lundstrom for me this season. The two of them just haven't kicked on at all. And you, you associate Tav going up and down that wing all the time. And he's, he's just... Looks like he's towing a caravan now. He just looks like he, he lacks a yard of pace now. The one in that game, Carney, I think I said to you at the half at half time, he, he hit a corner kick, hit the first man, came oh, back to him and they hit the first man again. I was like, Fury. It's the most infuriating thing in the world, yeah. isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And he's the only guy that hits free kicks for us and really I can't tell the last time he actually scored from a free kick for us. Mm. Probably somebody else that needs to take that ball off him. I know Barris has just hit a few, but yeah, he's uh, but he won't be dropped. So all these people that scream for him to be dropped, he's not going to be dropped. So <laughs> I know the boy Divine folk are screaming for him to come in, but Tav will be there to the rest end of the season. But going forward next season, I think when you look at a right back, you could wait. Just Tav now, thirty thirty one, must be. Mm, yeah. So and I think he's a fit guy. I just think this season he's been shit out of form along with. Several other players, but the other one for me is John Lundstrom. The two of them in particular have been poor. He's been a, like a 6 out of 10 most weeks, Tav, for me. He's never really been exceptional at all. And he was the tail end of last season, especially that, especially that Europa League run. But, aye. Folk wanting them drop for the team, he won't be dropped. <laughs> no, <laughs> he will be I there. don't... I... He will be there on Saturday and he'll be there the following Sunday. He will. No, he will. But I think... It's only fair now to have the conversation because I think we've left it as long as we possibly could with, with Tav because just because I, I'm I'm quite a sentimental guy, people don't know that the the way that I feel about the club and I feel like he he does he doesn't deserve a full bad season. That's not what I mean, but he deserves to have dips in form and for the the toys not to be thrown out the pram. But I've just seen no improvement in him at all this season. I just it's a very strange one to put your your. Your finger on it, and he, he looks like he's lost confidence in some of his passes the other night um, on Sunday. I mean, they weren't even close. They generally weren't even close. He played one ball forward as well at one point, as if Cholak was meant to somehow figure out that he was using Bolt to go on the end of. I'm like, what are you doing? We've never played that ball before ever. Like, why have you started doing it now? And I think it's all becoming in his mind as well. Scotia, what's your thoughts on Tavernier? Where do you think the problem lies? Oh, the problem he needs a rest, and that's what he needs. And unfortunately, he wasn't didn't have the opportunity given a rest early in the season because Goldson got injured. And I've said it. I mean, him and Goldson must be, uh, the last few seasons up at like high fifties, low sixties in term, terms of number of times they've made an appearance that season. There's like two of these players that never want to be dropped if they they can avoid it. But Tav definitely does need a rest, I think. And I thought. I did think that the weekend there was the perfect time to give him a rest. Yeah. Now, the only I've not, I've not listened to any Beal's post-match stuff, so he may have said this or not, but the only reason I can think of him doing it is that he wanted to give Goldson a rest because he had to rush Goldson back from injury. So maybe that's in his thinking that he's not, but I would have preferred that if he had the option, bring in that divine for Tav there and, and give him give him time because... Ali, you're, I think you're being generous saying that he's been a 6 out of 10. There's been weeks that he's been lower than a 6 out of 10 for me. And the, the, and it has been consistently poor all season. The only reason I think that I kind of stopped speaking about him for a wee period of time, which probably coincided with the period where Lundstrom just started getting worse and worse and worse again as well. And also at the time, I thought Kent, because the poor Kent was getting asked to get played, and then effectiveness that was getting shown under Geo, that Kent was a bigger concern for me at times then. But now Beals came in, he's rejuvenated Kent. It doesn't appear to have rejuvenated Tav. And is it burnout from the, the previous couple of seasons? Because he's put in a, like I say, he's put in a hell of a shift in terms of number of games. But it's worrying because he is, he's one of these players that you can't, he doesn't really seem to get dropped. All, all the managers that we've had love him. And since coming back from um, when Warburton brought him in, you know, he's getting played consistently with them. He's a great player. We've got him in what, until 20, 26, I think. Yeah, the end of his career. 25 or, yeah. 25 or 26 when he put in that extension, isn't he? So he'll be around for a while, but he could do I reckon he does need some time out of the team. But there's not really, given the game that we've got coming up at the end of the month, there's only one game in between then that you can, can leave him out for. And I'm like Ali, I don't expect that he will. And for that one, so uh, it's been, he's been frustrating this season to have. 
No doubt about it. There's literally no doubt about it. And as I say, I'm I'm a fanboy of James Tavernier, but just in Sunday there in particular, I was like, "Whoa, man, something's not just something's just not quite right with him." And Ryan made the point as well in a, a podcast before that we've maybe seen the best of James Tavernier. Uh, yeah, we probably have to be honest, but that it shouldn't be this dramatic of a change, um, especially actually just through through a, a season. And look, I know some people reach a cliff, and it's quite a steep cliff at the end of that. But he is only thirty one; he's a seriously fit guy. So whatever this is now, it's just it's going to continue to to go on until hopefully he finds a wee bit of form. I know he's had assists, he's had goals this season. But it's not what you would expect from him. It really isn't. Um, and as I said, it's it's growing. It's growing arms and legs, the 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 kind of criticism of James Tavernier. You probably still have a few that will stand strong with him, and I was one of them, I suppose, because I'm the one that kind of decides what we're going to talk about on these podcasts. But I, I do think now we're at the point where we're going to have to again, and I've said this, I don't know how many times uh, since Bill came in, we need to start looking to the future because if this continues for the rest of the season, there's no doubt there's going to be calls for um, probably a change of captain from a lot of fans, which is already happening, which I don't agree with. I don't see I, I don't see any any benefit in that for anybody, for the captain armband to be changed. Um, we've seen that happen at Rangers before and it was, uh, I just don't see the need for it. It's unnecessary pressure. Um, put on certain players, but I, I agree with Ali, we're going to need to look at right back going forward. I don't think there's any great doubt about it, because right now he is well out of form and well off the James Tavernier that we know. And uh, yeah, that was ripping my, ripping my soul out a wee bit, speaking about that. Well, I mean, talking about, we were speaking about Tav there, and we didn't even speak about his, um, his penalty <laughs> attempts. Oh, weekend, God, I forgot about that. That. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 was, that was, I mean, usually if Tav's playing poorly, at least you know that he's, it'll be, it'll be decent from the spot. Oh, he wasn't decent from the spot, and it must be really galling just to see the goalkeeper just stand there and go like, punt, palm it away from you. Um, it was a pretty poor penalty from him, wasn't it? Yes, I mean, up where Tav is at the moment. Yes, it did. You took the words out of my mouth there, mate. That's exactly what it done. And okay, the the, the keepers jumping him back and forth like a moron. But I mean, come on. I, I mean, the guy just stands there and just literally pushes the ball away. It was Ali. It was a shocking penalty. And I did say it on the post match. And I, my dad, if he was ever to come on the podcast, would say, "I said to my dad, he'll miss this." That's the exact same thing. The guy beside me hates me because he never watches penalties. <laughs> I always say to him, "He's going to miss us." <laughs> but I knew he was going to miss it. In a way, the, the goalkeeper was dancing something down that line as well. I thought, no, nah, he's definitely missing it. It's a poor penalty. Some day up, to be honest, that penalty. Yeah, I think I had the feeling in my head that he was going to miss it due to it being that type of day that we were witnessing. I was like, he's not going to score that. There's no way. Uh, obviously, there's a wee bit of controversy around that one with Tillman being outside the box. To be, ordered, to be honest, it's probably borderline where the contact happens there for the Tillman penalty, so it is probably borderline. But yeah, it's irrelevant because we didn't score, so it doesn't matter. Uh, right, gentlemen, we'll leave that there. And before we wrap up for tonight, it was announced um, today, or oh, quickly even, we got Wraith in the next round. Um, Ali, that's a pretty perfect, pretty perfect um, game for us, I would imagine. Um, that, ball must, that ball must, <laughs> the ball must have been roasting hot, though. Yeah, the hot balls are out. The other side of the city, they'll be thinking the conspiracies are in, obviously they're away at Hearts. We've got Wraith Rovers in the cup. Wraith Rovers done well knocking out um, Motherwell. You sacked a manager like, after that, yeah. so yeah. three one to Wraith Rovers, decent result. Yeah. There's no easy game for us, Carney, at the moment, especially at Ibrox. I mean, we thought Path of Thistle should be an easy game. Let's look how that went. Wraith Rovers on League One, I think. Um, no, they're Championship as well. Oh, they're Champions, so they're, sorry, they're Championship, Scotia. Just, so, just below Thistle. Yeah, so... I would not... Be, we should be taking care of Wraith Rovers convincingly, but... After what I've seen on Sunday there, don't take them lightly at all, Rangers. And I don't think he will be. I think he'll no. um, I think he'll play a, a much stronger team. And um yeah, I think I heard today something to do with we will be the Sunday because be Scotland Sunday, play rugby yeah. at Murrayfield and so they will be we Saturday. Play. So we strap yourself in the, aye. Yeah, we play Hubs on the Wednesday night. Yeah. So yeah, we'll so strap yourself in for a, a Sunday game at four o'clock again, no doubt. Honestly, it's a horrific time for a game of football, man. Scotia, your thoughts on Rafe Rovers in the next round? Are you in agreement, mate, that the balls must have been roasting hot? Oh, definitely. Well, what I will say on that draw is that the SFA have missed 
missed all the furore that would have came if Celtic could get drawn away to your likes of Cali Thistle or something like that. Because it's one of these ones where VAR's still not in operation unless it's a Premiership oh, pound. So oh, um, they, they they missed they they've missed all the furore around that that would have happened, but I guess it's a decent tie for us to be honest with Rovers at home. Yes, it will give us all flashbacks to that game at Easter Road in the Ramsons Cup back in. Oh God, 20, Scotia, don't 14, bring that back. Yeah, no, th- 2013 was it not? 2013, 13, 14 sure. season. Nah, it was 13, yeah. 14 season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see that but, game by the you... way, Scotia, as you say, <laughs> I watched that game at four in the morning in Australia and it went to extra time. <laughs> Honestly, I sat up for it. Do you know who I, do you know who I watched that? Do you know who I watched that game with? And I'm not even kidding on. I watched that game with Andy Gorham. Did you? Yeah, in the, in, in the station bar in Beams Bay, yeah. He was there for a charity thing or something that they were running. <laughs> I think it was through the, maybe through the golf club, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, Andy Gorham was there. Uh, I watched that game with him and I was rough as toast that day. Absolutely hanging, man. And yeah, I had to I had to watch that game. Sorry, Scotia, carry on. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. No, it's good to reminisce. Um, no, but I, it's an ideal tie for us at home. Um, given that one of the other games is that hard Celtic game, it kind of it opens up the draw a wee bit in terms of at least one of yeah. them's going out. Um, so I think that we really need, need to earmark that now as another cup that we should and could be winning or could and should be winning. Should I say sorry? Um, only other thing to note is a couple of my cousins are big Wraith Rovers fans, so I'll get all the insight from them over the next few weeks and give you all the downloads um, at, a pod late, at a later date. Yeah, get them on the pod, mate. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not sure. Um, do you think Ruth Rovers have got a podcast? I bet you they do, actually. Ruth Rovers will have a podcast. Um, right, anyway, yeah, we'll leave that there. So, Ray, for the next round, the weekend of the 10th of March, is that right? 10th and 11th of March. Yeah, we will be the Sunday. Uh, there is zero doubt about that. So, I, four o'clock on Sunday, uh, no doubt. I mean, I would prefer if, I would genuinely prefer an early kickoff on a Sunday because just wait until four o'clock on Sunday for a game of football. It's good for the likes of views that end up off on Mondays all the time, conveniently, uh, to have a couple of beers, but not for not for me. Uh, right, just before we finish up, lads, uh, I just want to have a wee bit of discussion around Dave King and Club 1872. It was announced earlier on today, which is the Valentine's Day, uh, that Dave King has he's ended the agreement with Club at 1872 regarding the purchase of his shares. His reasoning behind it is they are not where they were meant to be um, at this stage in proceedings and there was no point in him extending the term even though there was a, a kind of clause or an agreement in place that they could extend it going going forward. Um, they are well short of their mark, going by all reports, uh, so he's decided that he will he'll stop. He listed a number of reasons why he thinks it's happened. Uh, so, yeah, I just probably want to have a conversation more around that. Now, again, from the start, I am not part of Club 1872 and I never have been, so I'm not passing judgment on them as such. But, Ali, this... It's kind of unsurprising the way that we've seen things happening with Club 18 at 72, the amount of controversy that's been around it and the kind of mismanagement by them, in my opinion, from an outsider looking in and reading reading both sides of the story as well, by the way, I have to say. They haven't handled things very well. Um, it hasn't really worked for them. And ultimately, they are, they're not going to achieve what they set out to do. I think the bigger question around it for me, mate, is... I've always loved the idea of the club, uh, the fans holding the majority shareholding within the club and being a being a, a fan owned club. However, that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime in the near future. Um, so, probably my, my question is: Do you think that we are scarred? based on what's happened to us before. That's always going to be there. That scar goes deep. Everybody knows that. We'll never forget what happened to us. But right now, due to the way the current board are dealing with things, and look, yes, we'll have disagreements with what they do on the park. We've had quite a lot of disagreements with the stuff they're doing off the park, but there is no doubt about it. In financial terms, the the board currently are doing good things for the club. There is, I don't think that can be denied, especially James Bisgrove. If I'm going to be honest, he's had a lot of say in it. So do you think that's maybe blurring people's dream a wee bit and making them not want to really get involved in the matter of being a a club that is fan-owned, that right now things seem good enough for us to continue on the way we are? Uh, I don't know. 
I briefly read it as I came in for work tonight. I've not had much time to have a look at Dave King or if he's had a statement or anything, so I can't really comment on that. I'm not surprised, to be honest. They've kind of fallen away, Club 1872. I remember when they first came in the scene, Club 1872, and it was like a great idea. They were a kind of a mouthpiece for the for the fans. But it's they've had a bit of conflict with the club carney in the last year or so, and it's, it's, it's not been great. It's not looked good as well, I don't think. And there's a lot of people putting their money in. A lot of people now have taken their money out or they're not renewing their monthly subscription, whatever it is. So I'm not surprised it's came to this now. They've kind of hit a wall now, or a ceiling, if you want to say. So it doesn't surprise me that Dave King's kind of pulled out now from them because the, the last, like I say, the last year, there's, there's been too much in-house fighting, if you want to say. <clears throat> a lot of statements from Club 1872 on things that people maybe don't agree with. So I'm not surprised, but I've not really had a chance today to to dive into Dave King. I don't know if he's had a statement or anything, so yeah, I, I can't really comment on it. Just, just I'm not surprised to go and buy it because, like I say, there's been a bit of friction with Club 1872, and especially when they wanted to sit down <clears throat> not that long ago with uh, Douglas Park and um, I think Dave King was there or via Zoom or something like that. Um, I think it was at the Village Hotel they did it, and Douglas Park obviously declined to do it, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, um, Scotia, where do you think this leaves the the idea of Rangers being a, a fan-owned club? Do you think that's very much getting put on the back burner for now? And I know, and I say I know none of us are part of Club 1872, but they 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 need to seriously rethink their, their kind of strategy going forward. Yeah, I think so. Club, it's an interesting question. Club ownership. See, I would be. I'm all for it, but we need. And with Rangers in particular, is is Rangers too big a club to have meaningful fan ownership? Because I mean, you think the amount of comments, even doing something daft like this, a podcast speaking about the team every week, you think about the disagreements you'll see in the comments, disagreements that we all have. So it grew up to the, the level of fan ownership and having a decent, what, 25%, at least 25, 25 plus 1%, like that's what you kind of want from fan ownership. To me, I'm like, are Rangers too big for that in terms of the fan base? Is it too big a fan base for that to actually materialise and for everyone to be happy with? Because, yeah, like you say, I'm not a member of Club 1872, but just from reading things from the outside in, comments, there seems to be an awful lot of people not overly happy at what's happening at a board level in Club 1872 as well. I don't know all the, all the nitty-gritty details, but that's the impression you get just from reading other people's sort of thoughts and comments. So... Um, We've kind of we've tended to have this happen previously as well. If you go back to the Murray years, obviously the Ranger Supporters Trust was in there again. I wasn't a part of that when it was kind of kicking about, but I know that obviously listening to an awful lot of stuff that David Edgar does in heart and hand, him sort of recounting his his association with the RST, but there was the Rangers Supporters Association as well. And then it was mm-hmm. it was trying to get like groups of fans at loggerheads with each other. And to me, that just seems to be inevitably what happens with group try to get fan ownership of Rangers and I do think it's maybe because we are that that bit bigger. I know um, the, the Foundation of Hearts they kind of picked up and done, helped Hearts out with stuff like that and I think they've got a bit more traction but again I think it's maybe just given the fan bases of each respective club that it maybe suits a team like a fan base like Hearts a wee bit more than us but um, tell me there's an old firm not coming up without telling me there's an old firm coming up and Dave King comes out and releases something. So I, I do think there's going to be, there's more of this story going to develop over the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. And obviously we'll probably end up hearing a response from Club 1872. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how things develop. But I, I, to me, it kind of looks like they're dead in the water right now, unless they come out with something completely different. And over the next few days, it just looks like that's it, it's done. Because from, yeah, like I say, from what I've read from other people, they seem to have fallen away from it if they are members of it and things like that. So we'll just need to see how that develops. Yeah, we'll need to. Obviously, they are in a situation now where they're going to need to seriously think about what they're going to do going forward. Um, and it's not, I'm not here criticising them, by the way. I don't want, I don't mean it like that at all. Uh, but ultimately, what they set out to achieve, they've not, they've not managed to do. So, um, they are, they do have shares within the club. So they, they are there. They do have a voice to a certain extent. Um, but I think this was the writing was on the wall quite early on on this one, just due to the way things transpired with it. And, 
yeah, the handling of it all just uh, didn't sit right with me. As I say, even when I was sitting thinking about am I going to invest in it, am I going to get involved in it? Uh, I just uh, there wasn't uh, there wasn't there wasn't enough clarity for me in order to do it, um, for me to decide to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I've decided I decided not to do it. And look as well, look Dave King is. He'll forever be held as a hero almost amongst Rangers and for what he done for the club. But his mistimed statements and his mistimed interviews and stuff like that really don't go to help Miles and his public spats with Park as well. People aren't really interested in that. I know we are Rangers fans and the, the old saying of you put 10 Rangers supporters on a desert island, there would be 10 Rangers supporters clubs within a month um, because of the disagreements that we all have, but we all still have that one common goal. And the common goal is to support the team and to support our team on the park. And that's the first and foremost, and it'll always be the same. We're here to follow our club and we will do forever. But yeah, uh, yeah, back to the drawing board for them. So yeah, uh, yeah, good chat tonight, gentlemen. Um, I think we are... Clock will be obviously again for Friday, and I'm presuming you two are going to be absolutely bust on Friday, so I look forward to seeing that. Uh, but for tonight, Alistair, thank you very much, mate. Yeah, I'll be on Friday. What state I'll be in, including Scotia, we don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, Scotia have the darts on Thursday night, and we usually make a day slash night of it. So, um, yes, we will be here on Friday, but what state we'll be in, I do not know. Well, at least you'll still be here, mate. I appreciate still that. Here. Still appreciate that. Scotia, thanks very much, mate. Uh, cheers, Carney. You might be in for some heavy lifting on Friday evening, let me just tell you right now. Um, mm. But thankfully, at least at least Beal's doing the pressers earlier, so he gets the day before to train. So at least I'll have plenty of time to get the press conference and stuff coming in. But no, we'll both be here um, to discuss all things Rangers on Friday evening. Yeah. When do I not do the heavy lifting, gentlemen? Let's be honest here. Oh, that's true, that's very true. No, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. So, yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in tonight. As I say, we will be back on Friday. If you could do like the video, subscribe to the channel, all the usual stuff. And yeah, usual time on Friday, we will be live on YouTube. So, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll speak to you on Friday. We are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>